You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. You're very welcome to the show tonight. I hope I find you well on this Wednesday evening. I'm delighted to say that my guest this week on Stand Out with myself, Ian O'Connell, is Celine Slattery. Celine has been involved in an awful lot throughout her life. Celine grew up in Killarney but moved to Tralee in the later years of her childhood. She has been involved in a lot of things throughout her life so far, such as the Tralee Development Association, which later went on to be known as the Kingdom County Fair. She's been involved in Tralee Tourism, a badminton club and Red Cross. I hope you all enjoyed the show and I know she has a few good stories up her sleeve that you'll enjoy as well. So sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, Celine, thanks a million for coming in today. Really appreciate it. You're welcome and thank you for having me. No, absolutely delighted. Um, and my congratulations on your recent award, your th- recognition. Thanks very much. Yeah. We didn't we didn't win on the night, but next year maybe. Pardon? Next year I might win it. <laughs> but um, I like to ask all my guests at the start about their childhood growing up and stuff. Yes. You, you're originally from Killarney, are you? Yes, I was born in a Hado way back in 1930. And then I only remember vaguely I'm the youngest of ten. Uh, there were five boys and five girls, but they were badly spaced. There were two girls and a boy and two girls and then four boys and myself. So survival was... Uh, learned very early when you have four brothers immediately in front of you. Then we moved to Grenna. I only remember that vaguely. And uh, then we moved to Park House when I was seven. And uh, from seven, then until I was 16, we lived in Park House. And all that area has changed now, you know. When I'd be walking in and out of school, in and out of school, and cycling when I was big enough to have a bicycle. You know, um, there was very little traffic on the road. Then there were only a few houses and Curtin's Cross, which is now where Daly's supermarket and all those, that's what known as Curtin's Cross. And there was no house there. You know, we had a gateway then going up to our house. It's a lot different sort of now when you see it. It's um, it's a lot different now when you oh, when you see it. Oh, very very different, and uh, you know the Ryan's Hotel and all the shops and everything. Sure, it is marvelous. I mean, when I go back to Killarney now, and I go back all the time because I still have nieces and nephews there. But um, you know, to see all the changes, you know. But then there are changes everywhere. I suppose it's a great sign of the country. Exactly. Um, when you were in school and stuff, did you did you have any hobbies that you liked to do? Did you play any sports or? Um, not at that age, you know. Um, it's when I came to Tralee then, and then I started working in the council, and then I took up badminton, which I loved, because you were back and forth to other clubs everywhere, you know. Uh, Killarney had a lovely badminton club at that time as well. It can, and it's great to see, you know, like you said, other sports like camogie, it's great to see over the last couple of years how much popular for women that's become. Oh, yes. I mean, it's marvellous because I think of camogie as a good old Irish sport, you know. 
and uh, I suppose the um, soccer yeah. too, but that's kind of more more civilised. And what age were you when you came to Tralee? I was 16. 16. Uh, my father worked in the county council. He was, at that time, there was the Board of Health and the county council. Then the county management act came in in the 1940s. So my father moved to Tralee as county secretary. And there was a county manager then in Tralee. So that's why we came to live here. But by that time, all the my older brothers and sisters were all gone. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people, when I came to Tralee, thought I was an only child, you know. But they had all gone on their own careers. You know, I was 16, so I can imagine. I have nieces. Uh, my first niece was only seven years younger than me, you see. Really? So now I introduce myself as their older sister. I don't want to be called Auntie Celine by an 80-year-old. So... And you um you were saying you you liked badminton growing I up. I loved badminton. You were part of a badminton group later yes. on, were you? I was a member of the county badminton club. I succeeded in getting on the Kerry Junior team, and I say that with a lilt in my voice. I won't qualify it by saying there was an outbreak of flu, and in order to fulfil our fixtures, I feel that's why I got on the team. But that's only between ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and did um did your other brothers and stuff did they play badminton as well? Pardon? Your brothers did they uh, play? No, they didn't. Um, they were more into golf. Um, Brendan was a rugby player because he had been a boarder in Blackrock, so that was very much. But I'm very proud of the fact that my youngest brother, the one next to me. The Lord Marcinum. He was a presentation brother. He's now buried out in the West Indies. But uh, he played, 1946, he played for a Kerry, Kerry Miners. Really? And um, they won the Munster final, but they were beaten, I think, by Roscommon in the semi-final. But I still have his medal, really? which I got at that time. That's it's lovely to to have oh, it's that. It's lovely to have it. I'm very proud of it. It is. It's great. Yeah. To, um, you worked in. Were you part of the Tralee Tourism for a while? I was. I was secretary of Tralee Tourism for many years, and I loved it. And uh, the late Margaret Dewar was our president, and the late Dennis Foley was our chairman, and uh, we used to go to Dublin to various events. You know. And Margaret Dewar and myself, the Lord Mercener, she always said all we had in Tralee at that time to promote was Shim Satira. <laughs> and, you know, you were, uh, we used to have a stand maybe beside Kinsale. They had everything, do you know? And, uh, uh, but we did our level best and we were promoting Tralee as a good centre for Dingle and Killarney and we were so near beaches and that, you know. But uh, there were only two small hotels in Tralee at the time, you know. Then the Brandon was built and Shim Satira uh, had developed as well. We were very, very proud of that because it was the National Folk Theatre of Ireland. And um, 
then I think it was way back in 1990 maybe when Partition was introduced to County Kerry and we were dropped from South Kerry, which was um, the uh, Cork Kerry tourism. Yeah. And we were put in with Shannon Development. Really? And uh, I must say we did exceptionally well under Shannon Development. Now, it was lovely being part of Cork Kerry as well because we were with those. But um, Shannon Development had no ideas and we were very lucky because we had uh, Shannon Development had an office here with Ogie Morden and Mary Dolan, and they were always available to help us. Then, with the building of the Aquadome and the whole development, the whole thing changed, and um, Trilly Tourism kind of eased off, and it was taken over then by Holiday Trilly, really? which was part of. Shannon development, you know. So we all worked very well together, you know. And the um, the, the Rose of Tralee, when that came, yes. that, was, that, that, that was obviously a massive thing for Tralee, oh, wasn't it? Oh, that was massive. And strange to say, before it was the Rose of Tralee, it was, we had a carnival queen. Queen. And I happened to be part of that because I was secretary of Tralee Development Association. And that kind of started the Rose of Tralee. So uh, I was involved in that. And then when Dan Nolan took it over, you see, and... Um, the Kingdom County Fair it became The Kingdom then. County Fair was part of Tralee Development Association. Oh, was it? Yeah. It was Tralee Development Association was the group who started the Kingdom County Fair. And uh, then... Uh, John Quilter, the Lord Mercenham, came up with the idea of developing the Carnival Queen thing. But when it went into the festival, then that was fantastic, you know. And would the, the festival, that would have brought people from all around, did it? Oh, it did, of course. It was marvellous, you know. And we thought the first few years when there'd be seven or eight roses. But uh, then a lot of new people came in and that was marvellous for the town, you know. You had more than people involved in it than there would be in, we'll say, tourism until then. Yeah. So we were able to sit back, you know. Now, I worked for two years under Dan Nolan, the Lord Mercenham. But um, uh, then it spread, so it was great, you know. And were you, um, were you secretary of it for... Was there something in 1975? Was Were you involved in it? 75, no, I had eased off back then. You had then. eased off back then. We had three. Um, Doreen Cheehy was the um, carnival queen. And then after her was Beatrice, her sister-in-law. And uh, I think it was Kathleen Cheehy. Then it became the Rose of Tralee and it spread. There were three or four people maybe. Then it went to seven, then and now it's thirty-two, which is fantastic, you know, for the town. And was it in the was it in the same place as it is now, or where where oh, was not it? Not at all. It started. It was uh, when it started first was in the Ash Memorial Hall, and that's where the festival club was. You know, um, it was a cinema, and then it closed down as a cinema. So it was a lovely place. 
and there was another year we were in the Theatre Royal, which is now gone, you know. Yeah. Those buildings, but then the branding came, and that was marvellous because you had everything there together. The the branding that would have been the first big hotel, really. Oh, that would, would have been the first of the big big places, you know. And um, as time went on, then did you did you notice more hotels going up more oh, frequently? Oh yes. Um, the um, the branding was the first of the big hotels, and then the other hotels started expanding. Then we had the um, Imperial Hotel and uh, Therese Collins, who was the 1965 Rose. She was from Belfast, but she was clever enough to marry Karima. She, <laughs> she had the <laughs> Imperial. So, and um, I still keep in touch with Therese all the time. And it's great to be still in touch with her, like you said. Yeah. Um. You Were you involved in getting accommodation for people for the Rosa Tralee? Yes, Tralee. I did that. Then as Tralee Tourism, I worked, uh, we did the accommodation. Padre Kennelly, God be good to him, of Kerryside, he gave us an office and uh, we worked there. Now we were independent, but we worked with the festival. Oh, yeah. You know, and at that time, you see, we had the uh, uh, town and country homes as well as hotels and farmhouse accommodation. They were all involved in truly tourism, you see. And uh, so we had contacts with all them. And I love that you met very interesting people. But um, Padre couldn't understand why you would work until eight or nine o'clock at night. <laughs> and I'd often be at home at 12 o'clock and he'd ring me and say, there's a family here looking for accommodation. And they couldn't understand why it was 12 o'clock at night. So <laughs> you had to get up and come down, you know. But, um, you know, looking back at that, when you're younger, this is yeah. all happening and it's all fun and interesting and everything, you know. It's a lot different now. They all eat nine to five and they're gone home for the evening. Yeah. Um, do you, as part of the kind of accommodation, was it more, I suppose, was it, kind of houses or hotels you'd kind of go to more? Well, we had to go to the houses because um, there wasn't enough hotel accommodation and uh, that would be all taken over by roses and families and that coming. Yeah. So we'd, uh, in the first days of the festival, we had to go around to all the houses and ask them would they be interested in letting a room, you know, or in, and uh, we got great support. And you know the way the roses, like you said, it started with only a few, and yeah. now it's up to thirty odd. Yeah. Did they um, was it similar to now? Did they kind of show a party piece as well when they appeared on the rose? They did, but not. Some of the things are a bit, I don't know, over the top. Unnecessary. Yeah. yeah, over the top. You know, I mean, even now last year, I watch it every Monday night and Tuesday night. But uh, one of the girls, what she was doing was um, decorating cupcakes. Yeah. Do you know, that was, for God's sake, my six-year-old was doing that, <laughs> do you know. And uh, but and they blamed Dahi, you see, for a lot of it. But I think he has to take his instructions from RT. Yeah. You know. Did you ever meet Dahi? Once ever. Did you? <laughs> 
I met him. I was, uh, I felt, I'd say it was the first year and uh, I was down at the selection with Margaret Ward, the Lord Mercy in her. And during the interval, like everybody, we queued up for the loo. But Margaret said, if you go around the back of the stage, they might have won there, you see, for the rules. She was queued I out. I have to queue with all the others. So as I was going around, Dahi had just come off the stage and the RTE fellow was there and he was giving me out, give me out. And as I was passing, I just said, Dahi, how she couldn't. And he said, straight down the middle. <laughs> a typical Irish answer oh, yeah. but um, I think he's very very good and anyway he's a Kerry man so we're proud of him he is and like we said some of the the kind of pieces are over the top but then oh, there's dear. there was yeah. a woman on I don't know was she the Roscommon Rose this year and she showed how to do CPR which was that was that was important as well it was good to use that it was time. but not at a Rose yeah thing. yeah you know an old, an old song or a dance or something. Some of the things, like you said, are a, a bit over over the top. Yeah. It was, um, when did you, when was your last time attending it in person? Pardon? When was your last time going to the Rose actually in person? Oh, when was it? Be a few years ago. Oh, a good few years ago. And you'd watch it on the, when did they start showing it on television? I'm not really, I can't remember. Don't know. Did they show it on television? Probably took another while. Um, we'll uh, move on. I know that you're you're a big um you're big into your politics, aren't you? <laughs> I am. When did um were you always when you were younger? Did you always? Yeah, have I an grew interest? up in a political. No, my parents, I will say, never influenced us. Yeah. You asked questions, but you made up your own mind. But you know how they were voting. Yeah. Do you know, I can get a bit hot under the collar above the mouth, which my parents never did. But I'm very proud of the um, uh, part that they took in 1916. But they were living in Waterford at that time. Yeah. And my father lost his job um, through his involvement. He was a chief organiser for Sinn Féin. Really? From 1912 to 1922 till he came back to Killarney. But um, I'm very proud of that. And, uh, you know, I feel sorry in a way for he and so many of his friends never took part in the Civil War. They were so heartbroken. Yeah. You know, and funnily enough, I have a lot of his old papers he knew casement in South America because my father worked in Rio de Janeiro Boy. in the beginning and, and uh, casement was there. My father had joined the IRB before he went, he was very young, before he went to work. His first job was with, we had no uh, television, no radio on post, yeah. so whatever company it was. And uh, his first uh, job was in Rio. And uh, he was told by the IRB. That's Brazil, isn't it? Brazil. Pardon? Rio, that's in Brazil, isn't it? Yeah, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. And um, so so they had a a lovely club out there, you know. And uh, in comparison to what the locals were paid, 
these were millionaires, you know. Yeah. I have photographs of the Irish club and I have a lot of his papers, you know. And I was going through them recently and it was extraordinary. On the 22nd of November, 1922, I came across a letter, an open letter which he had written to the press at the time, you know, um, that why not get together? They had achieved, he always felt that they had achieved more than they ever expected through the rising. Yeah. But now it was all over and sort of, they just come together now. We have got a lot more than we expected. And, uh, you know, um, that there'd been all civil war politics. Yeah. But it took all those years. It took a long you know. time. But he was heartbroken. So we, he came back to Killarney then with the family in 1922 when he came back as Secretary of the Board of Health. But from that on then, oh, he was a staunch Republican and a staunch Devalierite. But that was just himself, you know. And as I say, he never influenced the family. But if we ask questions... He answered them. Yeah. Which was great. Absolutely. Um, it's great to, to see a woman like Norma Foley, now a Kerry woman, female, yes, getting I, elected. I think it's marvellous. Well, I know her personally because I was constituency secretary for her late father. And uh, Norma was in the same class as my daughter. So That was Dennis the, Foley, was it? Dennis, his name was? Dennis, Dennis Foley. Dennis, yeah. And um, uh, we had two... Um, TD, two Fianna Fáil TDs in North Kerry at that time and uh, the late Tama Kellistrom and uh, Dennis Foley so I knew Norma I loved working for the Foley's because while I was constituency secretary they were so supportive of their father that you were part of the family yeah. Do you know it was a lovely place to work and lovely family in that. So that's why uh, I'm so interested in Norman. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. And um, I was, I uh, contacted her to thank her for the wonderful speech she gave at the Ardesh when she was introducing me, Hall Martin. And I said, do you remember 1990? She was a young teenager and she spoke at the Ardesh in Dublin. That really? Was way back in 1990. And uh, they were saying, oh, who's she? You know? And it was very unusual to have a teenager at that time. And I asked her, did you remember what she finished? The top number one at that time was that thing by Tina Turner. And the last line of it was, you're the greatest. And I remember... She turned round to the late Brian Lennon, the original Brian Lennon, and she said, you were the greatest. And then when she was introducing me, Hall Martin, this time, you know, I don't know where you watch it. And uh, she said, come at the man, come at the time, come at the man, you know. She said that and, when she uh, was... I was so delighted that I had um, reminded her of the 1991, you know say like politics back a good while ago was there as much women in politics than there is now 
there wasn't. And there's one thing I agree with Mary O'Rourke. She doesn't agree with this gender thing. She feels that you should be selected on your merit, whether you're male or female. Yeah. Do you know? And I think she's right. Now, we're very lucky because all the women we have in Fianna Fáil, you know, they're all excellent um, politicians and excellent, but they'll be excellent anyway. Do you yeah. know? Um, I was reading on, on, I forget where it was I was reading, but you got widowed young, did you? Pardon? You became a widow at quite a young age, did you? Wid- you became widowed at, at um, a kind of a younger age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how old were, was that a good few years ago? When I started being interested in politics? No, no, no. You got widowed. Your husband, did your husband died? Oh, yes. He's dead uh, 21 years. Yeah. So um, we didn't agree. No, we didn't disagree. Yeah. We just went our own way. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, uh, he wasn't as he was very interested in politics, but wouldn't be as vocal, yeah, or as emotional about it as I was. As yourself, you know? yeah. And uh, then he was born and reared in Tralee. Really. So um, he was a Tralee man. He worked in the health board, you know. But um, my politics, while I'm very strong in my views, I still see good in other people. Yeah. You know, no, I think Dick Spring was a marvellous. You'd be very proud of him. Yeah. You could send him anywhere. And uh, we're always good friends, do you know. But there was a lot of that in it. There wasn't the kind of bitterness that's there now, this commitmentship. Yeah, there is. You know, there's a lot of it going on. And it's a spoiled it because you can be interested in politics without shooting one another. Yeah, As my friend Phil knows. Sometimes they get a bit, a bit over the top in the doll and stuff, oh, don't they? they? Do. You know, I think I haven't read Shane Ross's book and that. You know, yeah. But, you know, I think it's unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's there's younger people now, because going you know more into politics now, younger people and stuff. Yeah. Would you have you noticed that over the last couple of years? Yes, I do. And, uh, well, we know the reason why younger people are, they have different ideas. Yeah. They don't look too far ahead. So I plead the Fifth Amendment on that, Ian, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are uh, Fiona, Fiona here on Radio Kerry. Mm-hmm. She was telling me that you love travelling. You went to Australia, did you? I did. I went, well, I have a... My eldest daughter's in Australia. I've been there twice, three times. And uh, I always love travelling. It's the one thing I miss now since I got old. Now, I know my family would take me. But if people are going on holidays, they don't want to look after somebody else, do you know? Yeah. So I think when you get old, the family should come to you. There was one thing we always had at home. My parents could never understand why people travel from Australia or America for funerals. You know, visit people when they're alive. Yeah. Doesn't matter, you know. You'd see that a lot now, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. You would. And um, I'm delighted that my family love travelling and my 
uh, grandchildren. They're great travellers. Yeah. I was just saying, coming in, that um, one of my daughters, the daughter who lives in Australia, she's in Thailand at the moment. And uh, she rang me yesterday and, you know, it was, and I'm not into IT in a big way yeah. at all, but it was just as if she was across the road. And she rings me every Sunday from Perth, you know. It is, it's amazing, isn't it? And with Skype and um, photographs and everything, yeah. sure, we're all one big happy family. I am. Um, I, I don't want to talk about it too much now because it's, it's gone. But COVID, how did you find that? Uh, it was a bit of a novelty in the beginning. Yeah. Do you know? And uh, we didn't know what to expect. The unknown, wasn't it? But then I do feel it had a, a very bad effect on older people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, clubs I belong to, uh, I was in Toastmasters, that finished. Uh, I'm in Probus, thanks be to God, that has restarted now, but we were two years. Really? That's a lovely organisation. And there are quite a few clubs in Tralee. And uh, they're all your own kind of age. Well, I'd be the oldest, they'd be from 60 upwards, you know. Age is only a number, isn't it? Age is just a number. Yeah. There's a lovely new song now. Oh, I've heard it a couple of times. The the age, the eyes are aging, but the heart is still young. What is it? It's so true, isn't it? Yeah. It's very true. The eye, yeah. The age and the eyes, but the heart is still young. The heart stays the same, no, yeah. no matter. Well, you have to. You yeah. have to make the effort yourself. I mean, there's no point in sitting at home and saying, I'm 90 years of age, yeah. come and look after me. Absolutely. You you mentioned Toastmasters there. Oh, I love Toastmasters. I joined it way back in 1993. Really? Sean Lyons, Mikey O'Donnell. And, uh, you know, we had no internet or computers. So when you were preparing a speech, uh, you know, you had to go to the library, maybe look up do some research and that, you know. But now all they do is switch on the computer and they get the, all the information. It's all there for you. But I suppose it's necessary. And that, that hasn't started up after COVID, has it? Pardon? Has Toastmasters started after COVID or is it still stopped? Uh, no, they went what they call virtual. This is oh, yeah, online, yeah. Online. It's but I never reached that stage. Yeah. I did one night. Uh, my friend Sean Lyons, he belongs to a club in London. So he brought up the, uh, his computer and all that and set it up and we had it at home. Yeah. And uh, I was delighted. I spoke at that club just as a guest, you know. And uh, uh, who else? There was quite a few Irish people. So I don't know if Sean is still on it or not. Yeah. But... Um, the club is back working and eventually. It's great and to have uh, something you enjoy, isn't it? Pardon? It's great to have something you enjoy in oh, life. Oh, yes. I loved it. And the other thing I miss, of course, is the bridge. Oh, I'm yeah. Fanatic bridge player. We played uh, a club in Killarney and a club here in Tralee. And uh, we did play a bit of house bridge then uh, during COVID. Just four. The same four all the time, you know. But then I have a problem with the eyes, so I have to give up the club as well. Yeah. Do you know? Very, there's, um, 
there's a man in Killarney that plays bridge. I forget his name, but he tried to get me into it, and I tried it one, once, but I, I could never get the hang of it. Oh, no, you have to persist, and you have to go to the club, make an idiot of yourself, <laughs> and that's the only way to learn, you know. <laughs> you um, You have a very positive outlook on life, don't you? Well, I have to. Do you think that's very important? Oh, I think it's very important. Yeah. You know, and uh, you won't have friends if you're not positive. Yeah. You know, I mean, if somebody else has a pain or an ache, you know, well, it is nice to say, oh, my head is bad or my knees are bad. But you have to be positive and say no matter how badly off you are, there's always somebody worse off. Exactly. Exactly. And did you, um, you were talking your eldest daughter's in Australia. Yes. Did you, um, were you able to contact her virtually over Skype and stuff during that? Oh, yes. She didn't get home, did she? Uh, Oh, she was. She got home? Uh, She was home just before the lockdown. Was she? And you see, her husband was saying, I don't know what to do. She came for my 90th birthday. And her husband, he's a darling, he's Australian. And he was very worried in case the lockdown and that he mightn't see her for right now. (laughs) So she was very lucky. She just got back before the lockdown, you know. But he'd never have forgiven me otherwise, you know. So she hasn't been home now since 1990. Really? But I mean, she's on the phone to me. She's... She's always on the on the phone. Yeah. Did you um did you enjoy Australia that I time? I loved it. Yeah. I thought the Australians were lo- now I was in Perth, which is when I say Australia, it's only part of it. My Western c- Australia. My cousin's actually living in Perth now. Is that she so? is, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ema works in a private hospital there, she's a nurse. And uh, her son has just graduated. And uh, he started his first job last week. So, you know, we chat about all these things. Yeah. It brings home. But I thought the Australians, I don't know about other parts of the continent, but I thought the people in Perth were lovely. They're very laid back. Yeah. You know, usually traffic lights in Ireland, you know, and you see them doing this, waiting, hurry up, hurry up. (laughs) But they're... I don't know whether it is the heat or not. They're more so calm. what if you don't get it through this time? Sure, we'll get through it the next time. The next time. How did you find the flight, the airplane over? I didn't mind it. So um, first time I went, uh, we stopped in Bangkok and changed there. Really? And then uh, the second time I went, we stopped in Singapore. And uh, I used the wheelchair the second time. Yeah. And it was just before Christmas. And the airport in Singapore was absolutely gorgeous. And I was dying to get out. You see, I'm addicted to shops anyway. <laughs> and I was dying to get out and go around the duty free. But when you're on the wheelchair, I said, <laughs> sure. <it's, laughs> and you're brought into this beautiful lounge. And as I will be back now in five hours for you, whatever the length of time was. And uh, you have an open bar and you have free food and everything. And I was dying to get out of the wheelchair and sneak <laughs> out to the shop. But I, I was afraid I'd be arrested. You might miss your flight. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the whole thing going on in Ukraine now with the war and stuff, the, 
the Red Cross, they're very important. Were you involved? Oh, I loved that. I loved the Red Cross. You were involved with them, were you? Yeah, because my father um, was involved and uh, it was being reorganised, whatever year, 1949-50. And the national president at that time was Leslie Bandabara. She was Leslie Price, but she was the widow of the Cork um, Republican Tom Barry. Oh, really? Yeah. So she was organising it and she had known my parents through the troubled times, you see. Yeah. So, um, was I your dad the in the Cross. war? Your dad was in the war of independence, was he? Oh, he was, yes, very much. Yeah. Uh, he came back from Rio de Janeiro in 1909 and uh, he had known my mother before he went over, so they got married. So he was still in the post office authority business and uh, he was transferred to Dungarvan. But then, you see, when he got involved in the trouble, he lost his job. Oh, we really? were all under British yeah. government that time. So he lost his job. So he was in and out of jail. And, uh, but the, the people, uh, because I went back to Dungarvan in 2016 then. Oh, really? You know, and it was lovely to see the names of people that I had remembered meeting as a child. Because yeah. when he came back to Killarney, they still kept up the contact. That's very people good. like Pax Whelan and people like that. And it was only, unfortunately, when you're young, you don't take too much notice. Yeah. And it was only when you think back on all the people you met and when I go through his record, which he had to send to the um, military bureau, whatever you call it. And uh, I saw the chances they took, you know. And then uh, Maureen Cregan of um, Kilorglin, she was chosen by Pierce to come down on the, you know, at the time yeah. the, that they wanted to put off the rising until the, the proclamation was read on Monday. Yeah. And the whole case went on Austin stack, but that's too complicated and too emotional. And it was great to see the names when you went back, So it was it? great because I remember visiting Maureen Creek and she afterwards married Jim Ryan of Wexford. They were a very staunch Republican family. And um, he was the first minister for agriculture in the first all. And his two sisters were each married to Sean T. O'Kelly. Really? Ryan's. When his first wife died, at that time the Catholic Church didn't allow you to marry, but he got special permission. He had to get permission from Rome to marry his sister-in-law. Really? It was one of the Ryans of Wexford. But Maureen Cregan had written some beautiful plays and uh, a couple of months, she was from Kilorglin, and a couple of months ago, uh, the um, uh, theatre group in Kilorglin were putting on one of her plays. Really? You know, and it was lovely to be able to say I remember that lady. Yeah. Do you know? Before we, um, before we finish up, I want to ask you about community in general how important is a good community like we've seen during COVID-19 how everybody came together how important is it to be good in the community well, my 
uh, father always said, if you can do anything for your community, do it. Yeah. And that's one thing that happened with COVID. You know, the way people helped one another, you know, and communities came together and uh, communities were set up, Yeah. you know. And uh, to some people it was strange, not to me, because I was always community involved, you know. Yeah. It was just something you kind of grew up with. But um, I do think that during COVID, it did bring people together. Yeah. But when it carried on too long then, you know, we thought it would be only a short thing. But when it carried on too long then, you know, uh, it did have a bad effect on people. Yeah. And it's great to be able to look back now and say, we were all there for one each other for each other. Exactly. Neighbours were great. Well maybe I was lucky with the neighbours I had. Yeah. You know. But if anybody was going to the shop they said, Do you want anything? Do you know? Yeah. Whereas before that wouldn't happen. It's the I'd small say, things. Why do they think I'm not capable of it? Yeah. But now you appreciate everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Celine, thanks a million for coming in now today, okay? And thank you very much for having me. I hope I didn't bore you No, I, re- I enjoyed that chat now and it's great. Do you know, for a young person to get an insight into what life was like, yeah. you know, during the, the War of Independence and stuff. Yeah. So thanks very much. Well, you know, we always feel that, I must say, I grew up in a very happy family. We didn't have half the things we have now. Yeah. And a lot of the old customs are being done away with. But you have to accept every generation is going to change. Absolutely. I mightn't agree with everything that young people are doing today, but I accept it. Yeah. Same as my parents probably were shocked at some of the things I did too. <laughs> and thank you very much for having me. No, thanks so much. All right. Now, unfortunately, that's all we have time for tonight. Stay tuned into Radio Kerry because Brian Priestley is up next with That's Jazz. I'll be back at the same time next Wednesday evening from 8 to 9 p.m., Until then, stay safe and mind yourself. You're listening to Standout with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry.